So Jeff, Devin, Devin, Jeff. Jeff, how are you, sir? Good to meet you. you well. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Oh, anytime, anytime. Glad to have you. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, we've got to crack this off with a um, something out of the ordinary, but uh, it's that time of the year, and um, I have myself a, a beverage in hand for the 96. <laughs> yeah, toast for the 96. Justice yeah. for the 96. Cheers. All right, so boys, we're going to get straight into it. Um, we didn't tease this one too much because most people have kind of figured out that uh, we've got stars coming in every week, and this week is no different. So um, we've got Devin Kerr from ESPN. Devin, thanks for jumping. ESPN and everything else. Devin, give me your full lineup right now. I mean, what all is on your plate? Oh, my God. Um, not sleep, I can tell you that much. Not a lot. <laughs> uh, two kids living in an apartment through renovation with a wife and a lot of things going on personally. And then you add in at least five games a week right now. Uh, I'm very fortunate though. I I'm working champions league, world cup qualifiers. Um, obviously we've got USL right around the corner. Right. Um, I did get involved recently. Actually, this hasn't even been announced. Not that it's an, an overwhelming one, but again, grateful for another opportunity is Nisa third division actually just made me their lead analyst as well. So, um, oh, congrats. I'll, I'll take that. Thank you very much. Right? I mean, congratulations. Yeah, it's Taylor doesn't even know what's coming at him. You know, I, I grabbed second, third, and fourth division. He's got first division with MLS and, and uh, ESPN. I'm, I'm hot on his heels. So, yeah, a, lot, a lot going on. And just look, uh, the pandemic continues. Grateful to be able to work and to be able to acquire more work. You know, I'm one of the fortunate ones. So, Devin's, well, been, Devin's been a long time uh, friend of our show. And, um, it's good to have him back on again. So thanks for taking the time. We've been working on this for, I know, for a couple, two, three months. So thanks for doing this. And we also have a new entry into the In the House 2.0 podcast, the new host of Soccer City Radio, Jeff Greer. Jeff Greer. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, <laughs> nice thanks for you, having buddy. me. I'm, I'm honored. I, uh, this is a big deal. I've been told this is a, a big deal. So I'm a little nervous uh, coming down into my basement to turn on the laptop. But I, I really appreciate you guys having me. Well, that same yep. kind of nervousness is what kept um, Alex Morgan from coming here last week. Uh, it was on two podcasts <laughs> ago that Scouts yeah. announced the reason that Alex was staying out on international duty. And Mike Watts, you know, Devin, you and Mike, are, you guys are, you know, poncho and lefty to me. And Mike would not have any hand in this at all when Scouts was saying there's no way that Alex is coming here because of the intimidation. So, Jeff, I get it's your first time here. Alex still hasn't had her first time in Louisville. So <laughs> yeah, she's still still uh, too afraid to show her face. So, uh, you know, I'll take it any day of the week. <laughs> all right. So thanks, everybody, for jumping on here. So uh, we're going to get right into it. Uh, this is going to be a, a quick run through. Uh, I want to set the table here for what we're going to try to accomplish here is in the first half of this pod, we're going to get straight into Louisville City. We're going to get into USL with Devin having such the deep knowledge. You're like Devinpedia here, your knowledge on the games. And, oh, I do have to ask you a question, Devin. Um, has it been announced who will be announcing for the Louisville City home opener on the 24th? Oh, has it been announced? Am, I don't Am I, mean, I allowed to talk about this? I'm not really sure. You know what? I, I, first of all, before we get down into this rabbit hole, I always have to ask this coming on because I know how things sway left and right, but – Maybe before I let everybody know, what what's the uh, what's the ruling again on um, as to whether or not 
we can make this PG-13 or, or even sometimes step over the rated R line. I, I'm not really sure. I got to be careful. You're good to go, buddy. Yeah, you're good to go. That's right. Fuck it. Mike no holds barred. Right there. There we go, baby. Yeah. <laughs> requested it. We knew. I'll tell you what. It's one of the things that that kind of not frustrate us. It's really cool. But it's one of the things that, that we enjoy behind the scenes that some of the fans don't get the opportunity to see is we see the schedule, right? And so everybody's online and they're talking about it. And we knew the, the ESPN schedule prior to the actual schedule. And then producer comes to us and said, okay, I'm going to show you opening weekend. You can't tell anyone. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I won't tell anybody. Don't worry. And they, and they lined us up the two games. We actually were hoping we were going to be able to do both um, because of the way the time slots work out with Black Old Darby, OKC Tulsa. That's not going to be possible. But I mean, come on, Lynn Family Stadium opening weekend, first game USL championship. You kidding me? You think I'm not going to yeah. be on that thing? Get out of here. Shut up, boy. We're uh, stoked. Can't wait, man. We got the hey, uh, Dev, Devin, I've got, I've got, uh, I'm kind of wondering because, uh, you know, that your, uh, your internet feed is kind of better today than it usually is. It, oh, why right. is that? Did you oh, let right. Gene, are you stealing from Gino? <laughs> so, okay, as if I don't have enough shit and let's just continue down that one <laughs> there's everyone else crap going on in my life my internet in the neighborhood that we're currently renting an apartment from if you've been under a rock i've been very vocal at the fact that i can't get back into my freaking house and that we're renovating and the internet that we're using with comcast shout out comcast who's terrible they for some reason the wires are messed up in our home and so the, the apartment isn't capable of receiving internet at, at for some reason right now and so I'm trying to keep the mic as close to my mouth as possible. I do apologize for the echo because I normally record in the closet back there. I would spin my computer around, but I'm not into it right now. And I barricade myself in a closet. There's clothes, mostly my wife's and plural, by the way. And um, it, it acoustically is amazing, but I can't get reception from my neighbor's internet in there. So my instant famous neighbor, Gino, <laughs> Gino Carver, go check him out on Instagram. Super nice guy. <laughs> Has been kind enough to lend me his internet for the next seven to ten days. Again, Comcast, we love you. Nice one, Gino. Yeah, right? Good so that I'm able to record something and, and join you fine gentlemen. Cheers, Gino. Thank you very much. Devin, buy, buy a bourbon for him on us. How about that? I bought him a bottle already. And I took him dinner. He's living fine over there, let me tell you. So... Jeff, this is kind of what happens after you've been on one or two. And I, this is Devin's third appearance on our podcast. You just start <laughs> drinking and cussing, and you kind of realize this is kind of like a different playground that you're in. So, Jeff, okay. what's it feel like coming into this one just in the blind? And you're oh, like, no, no, <laughs> I want to hear the, the raw uncovered. Just like we got the Eddie Murphy raw right here from Devin. Jeff, what you got? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I got nothing. I'm, I'm blown away by this. I should have poured a drink before I came on. I got another happy hour uh, on Zoom that I got to go to a little later tonight, and I, I I'd left my bourbon upstairs, so maybe I need to run upstairs and get some. We'll let Devin go on another ranch. You'll have plenty of time. Matt, yep. Matt, <laughs> is that happier with my boy Matt Schumacher? I saw you guys calling a game together the other day. No, it's not. I, I got a so I, it's a long story, but I, I write this newsletter uh, about Louisville basketball just to kind of stay plugged in. That was my my previous life. And um, there's a couple people who signed up for these like Zoom happy hours. So we trade uh, we trade war secrets. But no, Matt is awesome. Yeah, um, super, super nice guy. And uh, yeah, I've been used as an emergency color guy a couple of times. Um, 
last fall and then uh, this spring. I think I, I had two with him this spring, and I had like two or three in the fall. And um, typically, I try to do play by play, but uh, you know, you watch enough soccer, you play enough uh, poor soccer, um, you injure yourself enough trying to play soccer that. Uh, eventually you feel like you can at least call a decent game as a color analyst. And here I thought that was just my life making a career out of it. Who knew? <laughs> 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 now you guys no, are he's, to get Louisville, I, Virginia, that's not a bad game to, to fall back on as a color I know. Analyst. And then we had Clemson. We had a Clemson a week later. We had, we yeah. saw, and then Louisville beat Clemson. So it was, it was fun. And in the fall we had Pitt, uh, we had Louisville Pitt, and I think, which is my yeah. alma mater. Uh, and they're having a great season. And then um, I think we had Notre Dame. So it was kind of fun to do something a little different uh, than than uh, USL stuff for a little while. But uh, but no, it was, it was uh, fun to work with Matt. He's, he's a pro's pro. Yeah, he's good. By the way, 11 minutes into the podcast. Sorry to take it over for a second, boys. Go. 11 minutes in and no one has mentioned the fact that like, Dun, 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 Boys lost today. We're out. Yeah. Well, we're, we're trying to avoid that. But right. so, um, I'm trying to move my screen more and more. Devin, you know this look back here that's in the back of my screen that has this little logo right there? I'm trying to. Bullseyes all day. Yahtzee, it's out of there. Oh. I won't say anything else, I promise. No, that's that's okay. Right. But you know, I, I found out something really disturbing today, though. I found out that Jeff Gray is a Leeds United fan. Can you believe that crap? Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. I gave him a, I gave man, a oh man. I gave I gave Jeff a yellow card in a text thread. What three weeks he ago? He did. This? Yes. Yeah. So, so did you start, start supporting those on a bet or what? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, no. So my family spent the summer of, uh, 1998 in, uh, Warwick, England. And, uh, it was right after, uh, or during the Beckham red card, uh, world cup, uh, which of course was, was infamous or famous, depending on who you ask. And, uh, my brother and I just like, we befriended all the little kids in the neighborhood. I was, I was 11 or 12 years old. And uh, he was a little a little older, and we always would play the game. They would call it World Cup, whereas every man for themselves, and there's one goalkeeper. And we'd play all these games. And my little friend Nathan was a Man United fan, and we thought that that was awful. So we wanted to kind of fight against him. I totally agree. Totally agree. And, uh, and this is where my college basketball and soccer or football uh, loves uh, kind of over, overlap. I've always been an old school Big East basketball fan, and and in the old St. yeah St. John's, yeah, John's yeah. Um, I mean all those teams, and they would just bash each other over the skulls um, in basketball. And so I wanted a team that was was uh, something like that. And at the time, Leeds in the late '90s, early 2000s had all those, you know, probably people who were not loved by uh, non Leeds supporters. Um, like Alan Smith and and all those guys, and so I just kind of latched onto him, and um, that was back in the day when you'd have to find like illegal streams and figure out ways to pay to find Premier League matches, and and we'd watch like Tommy Smith on Champions League and all that stuff. I mean, it was just a totally different ball game back then. <laughs> Tommy Smith, there's a name from the past. Yeah, there you yeah. go. 
All so right, I, so, I, so I, but I swear, I swear, I didn't just start rooting for them like last year. I actually like have been around you? for a long time. I tried to stick with them through the financial problems and uh, some of the other less uh, fortunate things that uh, happened off the field with some of their guys. Uh, so I, I welcome all of the new uh, the new supporters in the last year, but some of us have been in it for a lot longer. Got a boy. all right so we're gonna get right into this because devin's uh pressed for time a little bit great intro so i jeff i didn't know this much knowledge the only thing i heard from you is on soccer city radio that you didn't like uh left backs that didn't um track back and go forward so so you could limit your running (laughs) that was the last i heard about this devin as a center back you've got comments on that but we'll save that for the twitter feed devin talk to us we've got these new division lineups so let's get right into loose city usl you are devinpedia Get into here. What do you think about the difference with now we have four different divisions as opposed to two conferences? Let's forget last year with the pod system. What do you like? What do you hate? So I have to start with the fact I love the um, interconference, right? I love the fact that we're going east and west. Um, uh, It goes back to a few years ago. I mean, people that are getting involved in the USL now and understand that it's a division two in the United States that is continuously taking positive steps every single year. People don't realize we got this a few short years ago. Um, things have changed. Of course, that was um, thanks to St. Louis, who is no longer with us. But at that point in time, it was east-west, east-west, and, and yep. pretty much bounced back and forth. And they, they got the opportunity to play in, in both conferences, but play other teams as well. And now some of the teams in the east get the opportunity, not some, all get the opportunity to play in the west too. Um, still regionally based of sorts, the way that the conferences play out east and west. But I like the fact that the league did right by some of the bigger matchups in terms of names. Um, they set it up and, and gave them an opportunity to play. I, I always griped with the league in the background. And I said, listen, all due respect to everybody out there. And, and I'm as pompous I can be as I can be at times. And I, I'm truly joking. I mean, those that know me understand that it, that's my personality. I want to give my feedback in, in terms of the matchups. And I just mean that because I see these guys day in and day out, and I want to talk about who people want to see. And then you got to factor in TV ratings and stadiums, and I get all that. But how can you not bring in teams from the East to the West? And I'm just going to name names. We don't have to talk about matchups yet, but Phoenix and Louisville. Yep. Tampa Bay Rowdies and San Diego. I mean, we're crossing there. But all of these, these are the biggest names in the USL championship. And – the comparison, like it or not, is usually for Big Brother MLS. They get to do it. And so why isn't USL capable of it? And they finally found a way to get it done. Whether I like the way that all of the games played out or not in terms of scheduling for each team, that's a whole nother argument and we don't have enough time. Trust me. And I'd probably lose my job. However, I do think that... Um, I, we'll I get do- Scott Stewart on for the next one. You could be on here too. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, there you go. Scott's fine. Uh, Scott doesn't have to do a lot with scheduling, but he does get involved. So I like Scott too. So um, you should bring someone else on who won't remain name will rename nameless, and that'll get me in real trouble. Um, and <laughs> that's when I really have to do a lot of editing, isn't it, Devin? Yeah, exactly. No, I will one hundred percent be jobless at that point. In time. So I think that from a matchup standpoint, we're still missing things here and there. But I don't necessarily think that we can be overly greedy, right? Because you, you have to take baby steps. And given the fact that, look, in April, May of, of 2020, we didn't even know if we were going to be able to finish the season. So since that point in time, we finished the season, 
didn't get to have our final, understandably so. I think they did right by that. And now we've got a season that, for all intents and purposes, is set up to only succeed. People need to understand that. And I think that travel is once again going to come into play. I like it in the sense of the regional-based competition was great, but it also made it much simpler on teams. And if you can remove the COVID variants, which is very difficult to do, but still make it a difficult process, if you will, for these teams to go after each other, I'm all for it. I think the league did the best thing possible for what's in front of everybody right now because the matchups that you get, they're stretching as far as they can without pushing through the threshold, right? And that threshold that we want to get through, we can't do it at this point in time. I like the matchups. I don't mind the divisions. Um, I do think some of them are a little bit slanted in certain areas, but again, um, trying to keep my job. So, well, you know, so let's, let's go back to kind of the, let's do a baseball analogy here. Remember when it used to be just American league and national league and we never got any interleague play. Jeff, when you look at the schedule about what it offers for us to see a glimpse of the West really before only the opportunity we had, just like in the old baseball days was you saw them in the all-star game. It wasn't really, you just saw some players, right. That would filter in, but now we get to actually see what these, these teams can do because before it was like the high powered offenses, right. Devin out on the West coast couldn't play a lot of defense, but that's kind of just the way they were built. Now we get to see this, Jeff, how do you think that changes the dynamic having these interleague games basically? Well, I think one is it obviously takes away the, the, potential intrigue if you do get teams that have played each other previously then meeting in the final it's not the same um you know wow we've never seen even had the prospect of thinking about these teams playing before and and you know to stick with the baseball thing it's like part of the fun of it was having nl teams figure out the dh and 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 al teams hit with their pitchers. So uh, it, it's just not, I, I think it ultimately, if we do get some of those primetime, big time East West matchups, we may see rematches instead of fresh meetings. Um, but I know like from a boring standpoint, just from like a player happiness standpoint and the team standpoint, like they are actually excited to go to Colorado, for instance, and try sure. out a, a new stadium that has, uh, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, I believe it's the highest elevation stadium now in soccer. Is that is that right? In Colorado, Colorado. Springs? The switchbacks is pretty high. Uh, I think it is. Oh, you mean or you mean in the United States? In the United States. Yeah, I don't know if I feel comfortable saying that. You might be right. I mean, I, I think it is. I might phone a friend. I think it is. Feet above sea um, yeah, it's 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 very high. It's like uh, it's I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I, I know that it just adds a little something different for the players to experience and a little bit something different as far as travel goes. So I I, I think it's fun. And I, I agree. I like, I, you know, some of the division, the teams in, in Louisville City's division, I, I'm kind of wondering, like a road trip to Tulsa versus a road trip to Pittsburgh, I feel like is a very different uh, setup or Oklahoma city, instead of maybe some of the teams that we're more familiar with. Um, but I, in Tulsa? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I won't, I won't bash Tulsa. My sister spent a summer there once and said it was really nice. 
Um, but it she just didn't, feel, she didn't live there anymore, did she? She does gone. not live there anymore. Yeah. No, so that, that's fair. That's that's a fair follow up. But no, I, so I, I don't know. I, I I think it is interesting though the possibility of of teams having rematches from the regular season. Maybe that adds a little flavor to uh, a potential final. Um, so as the league continues to grow and improve its product and stuff. It's great to see, like, I know everyone in Louisville has been talking about Landon Donovan coming to Louisville and that would not have been a thing in previous years. So it's, yeah, it has a little, it has that element of intrigue. So, uh, Devin, um, in the close season, um, who, um, out of all of the teams with all the comings and goings, who are um, the people to watch coming into the new season with all the comings and going from every team? Now, that's a fantastic question. A little bit loaded, but uh, I'll do my best to to kind of <laughs> narrow it down. Yeah, you've only got two minutes like to do it. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, <laughs> Clip the blue bar. Clip the blue bar. So I will say this. Um, I was very critical of this team last year, and and I think that culturally, you know, in respect to Louisville city, cause they're so good at it. I think everybody's kind of chasing the rabbit, if you will. Uh, I'm actually quite curious to see how Miami FC look because of the people that they've acquired, you know, all due respect to, to Paco Craig, he got paid. And I think that's a great move, but I would have come back to Louisville if it was me, um, oh. a strong squad. And, and I would rather come back and keep winning. But again, like even John Hackworth has been, been vocal about it, that checkbook was open as a player being in his shoes given what he's gone through, I can't blame him for taking the money at all. But they've, they've acquired some quality players. I think they've done well. Uh, I think Pittsburgh actually is going the other direction. They're on the out and out. Tampa Bay Rowdies, it's theirs to mess up. They've maintained a solid core and added a few players. But um, it, it, when I moved to the Central Division, um, and I'm doing that for a couple of reasons. One, because Atlantic Division, it's, it is what it is. Um, it's vanilla to me. That's kind of my reference earlier of how these divisions played out. I think the central is, is they've had more action, but the Atlantic division, I think is easier to maneuver. So bear with me on that. Um, for Louisville, I, I will probably get down to, to what the breakdown of that team looks like in a second. And you guys will, will set me up on that, but Birmingham, um, I personally think Birmingham is probably on paper with who they've acquired top one, two, three teams in the central division. Um, okay. Indy, I, I, I think Indy is, I think they've taken probably a step back or two. Look, you lose Tyler Pasher, you lose goals and they struggled with goals in, in 2018 and, um, or excuse me, 2019 and, or yeah, 18. And then, you know, Pasher steps in and is able to do right by them. I don't really care respectfully. And I, I know fans don't like it when I say this, but I, I speak my mind and, and that sounds terrible, but it is what it is. I get paid to do a job. Um, 901 FC, pass. Atlanta United 2, pass. OKC Energy, uh, you know, I like John Pascarella. Um, Steve Cook was there before. I pass on that too. Sporting Kansas City 2, gone are the days of the fall of 2020 where we're in Group E trying to beat the heck out of each other and figure out a way to, to, get, into, um, to get into the playoffs. Youngsters, talented, intelligent, you know, Peter Vermees is only worried about one thing and getting them there. That's why I passed on that. FC Tulsa is probably the biggest surprise of what could be. I have no freaking clue what that team is because I see the names that come in. Um, I understand that there's talent there. I respect Michael Inzian a lot. I think he's got a great vision. He, he had a good uh, mentor in David Vaudrill. 
Michael Intian played a date, uh, Dayton with a couple of my buddies and all I ever hear about him as a person, what I've come to know is such a good person, such a great footballing mind. How does that play out now? So uh, I think in the East Louisville is probably sitting pretty. If, uh, if they've taken steps forward, we can get into that if you want. Yeah, sure. Cause you know, we've seen, um, um, a few players move out and we've seen a few players move in and, you know, I'm really positive to the fact that, um, even though he came from Spurs, that uh, Cameron Lancaster resigned and he's back um, where he belongs uh, <laughs> in our, uh, the center of our, uh, defense, but, um, who out of uh, the the, um, the current signees from Louisville uh, have taken your eye? Jorge Gonzalez. It's not even a question. That's the easiest one that every single Louisville fan needs to look at. Because here's why: your back line's the same. As of right now, given who you guys have, it's the same back four. You're going to go with Jimenez, Suahi, Sean Tosh, and, and Pat McMahon. That's simple enough. You know, West Sharpie's going to be laying and waiting. Akil Watts is there. Jogo right around the corner. Uh, I think the key question should be: who's gonna, the goalkeeper going to be? Uh, Louisville yeah. fans are going to be unfamiliar with Simon Lefebvre. He's you a said it correct. Yeah, yeah. 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 This, 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 I'll call him Simon. No, this is a big <laughs> thing, by the way. Everybody's always like announcers, the names. We go through trials and tribulations like you have no idea. A club in the East and West, I may or not have talked about them before, told us the correct, incorrect, let me rephrase that, pronunciation of a player for two years. 2017, 2019 season, someone DM'd us in the middle of a game. I won't see who my play-by-play announcer was, Tyler Terrence at Chicago Fire. And someone DM'd us in the middle of a game and said, you're pronouncing the name wrong. And I said, really? And I screenshotted the pronunciation and the conversation with the director of communications from the team. Here was what they said. He goes, well, I'm his cousin. And we're related, so you're saying it wrong. And I was like, well, shit, I guess I fucked Wow. <laughs> Man. Um, so anyway, Simone, I, I went deep into the well for that one. I love it. Massively tall. Um, but still, that. yeah, even though as tall as he is, he's, he's quick-witted, uh, great um, reflexes for sure. Still with his 6'8", six, 6'9", six, somewhere along those lines, still able to get down to the bottom corner. Does a good job. Set pieces aren't a problem whatsoever. Lots of confidence. I don't know how that plays out with Chris Hubbard. Chris Hubbard has the pedigree with you guys, right? Like he's mm-hmm. seen it before. He, he, yeah. He became the heir apparent in, in 2019. And, um, but I will say don't sleep on Parker Siegfried. You know, I saw his transition from coach to coach at Ohio state university, Brian Mazenov Mays, who United States men's national team player took him in, uh, his final two years. That's a good goalkeeper. And he may not necessarily challenge for the number one, but look at the goalkeeper. Midfield, for me, it's a wash. Speedy's gone. Tyler Gibson steps in. I, I would probably prefer Speedy over Tyler. The difference is there is I think Tyler defensively is a little bit better. Speedy gives you the ability to attack a bit more. Um, he can spray that 40-yard ball, that 30-yard ball, much more confidently than Tyler can. And the front line and midfield attack, that's why I say look at Jorge Gonzalez because you've kept everybody. Um I I like Jimmy McLaughlin a lot. I think he's a good player. Uh, he doesn't move the needle for me at this point in time in terms of what he brings to the Louisville squad, but Jorge Gonzalez does. And I want to know what Hack and Danny are going to do with him. I want to know, are they going to allow him to move to the midfield? Are they going to play him on the front three? You know, again, this is another attacking option where if they decide they wanted to go into a three-back system, 
that is the best look for Jorge, in my opinion, because he can become the top of a triangle. He can become that attacking midfielder, midfielder position. He can become the second striker who can drop down into the pocket playing alongside Lancaster. So I know it's not going to go to a three-back system. In the perfect world, I would love to see that. But Jorge Gonzalez has to be the name that everybody looks at. Forget the numbers at Portland. Look at college because T2 and what they did in 2020 was in a small sample size. Look at the fact that Portland Timbers signed him almost immediately this spring, understanding what he did last year with T2 and what he did in preseason. That kid's a quality talent. Well, I think one of the things that we learned from last year, Jeff, is that with having to play multiple teams, you know, multiple times, we had like three or four teams were playing like every other week, it felt like. And I think exactly what Devin's going with there with Jorge is that's what I think the both Hack and Danny are looking for. Or what are these different looks that we can give, right? Not the first time you see him, not the second time you see him, but the third and fourth, right? Because we're playing every team in our division now, I think four times. What what do you expect from Danny and Hack that they can do to change up this midfield? Because the midfield is the engine for Louisville City. It's it's a it's a midfield that controls play. That's the way we like it. What are you expecting? Well, first of all, I, I would say I wouldn't count out uh, a back three at times. I, I do think they may they they may try to switch it a couple of times. I think it was St. Louis when they tried to catch him uh, late in the in the round robin last year uh, in group play um, using a back three. They may have used it against Indy Eleven once too. I can't remember, um, but they may they may bring that out. And um, I, I, I Gonzalez is a great pick. Uh, I actually talked to Hack. Um, just to prep for the radio side like a week ago, a couple of days ago. And they look at him and, and say he can play seven, eight, 10, 11. He can pretty much, you can plug him in anywhere uh, in that attacking midfield out on the flanks. You can invert him. I mean, you can do all sorts of different things with him. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm totally with Devin on that. It sounds like he's going to be uh, a guy who can give them a little bit something different. Um, I'm intrigued to see the, how they use Napo this season. Um, I know the injury really kind of put him off after he had been, I mean, he was the, the number one reason it felt like that, that things really clicked, uh, after what was it August 1st or, or around that time that things right. just kind of snapped. Um, and they love him in, in the center of the midfield. Uh, I'm looking at my notes here, <laughs> but I know that they love him in the center of the midfield. Uh, Corbin Bone has been very impressive, apparently, in preseason. Um, so they ha- we know that they have options. Obviously, the big swap, Gibson, for, for Speedy. I like Speedy, but I, I felt like at times he gave the ball away a little too easily in positions when the bodies had already gotten ahead of it and put them in counterattack situations um, that they that they dealt with for the most part, but there were times where the communication and the passbacks and things like that and the possession and the defensive third wasn't great and led to, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh uh, comeback in the first match back and a couple of other dicier situations. So I, I, I don't know if maybe it was kind of time just to see if there would be somebody else in that holding spot who might be able to help them out in a different way. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they've got so many different options. Um, I mean, it's, it really is impressive. Um, the different bodies they can roll out the last I had heard, and this was not from hack. 
was that Napa Masoso might be starting out on the bench to, to start this season and might be fighting uh, to get back into the 11. So that should tell you um, what preseason has been like, that they've got the other guys pushing him like that. That's interesting. Really interesting. So um, with um, the new season coming up, who do you think um, out of all of the teams in the conferences are going to be the biggest threat to Louisville? Is this me or Devin? Either or. (laughs) Go ahead, Devin. You You know the wider league better than I do. Hmm. Someone argue that. Um, <laughs> Jeff, grab on, bro. I'm telling you, it's a ride. Stay with me. Um, yeah. Um, are we talking East? Are we talking Central? Are we talking totality? Totality. Okay. It's got to be Phoenix, doesn't it? Okay. So I, I still think, stay with me on this one. I still think that the winner comes out of the East. I, would, I said it last year. Um, I don't know, most people don't know this. And, you know, when I'm, I'll go on record with that another time. We'll talk about 2019 another time. Uh, I said it last year that I thought the winner came out of the East. Um, I had no issue. Uh, and I can't name names about what happened at the final, knowing knowing the players and, and the coaches and everything that went on. Coaches we've talked about, but um, given what went on at the final, I still would have picked the East prior to the COVID outbreak. Um, I think the Tampa Bay Rowdies, from a matchup perspective, were a better team. I still feel that when I look top to bottom, um, if I look east and west, I will take, you know, if I had to pick four teams from each, I'll take the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I will take Louisville. I'll take um, Birmingham all day long. The fourth one is going to be a wild card for me. Uh, let's see. Who do I want? Carry the one plus two minus three equals one. Yeah, screw it. FC Tulsa. Why not? Let's have a little fun. You go to the West, though. Um, I think the West has a lot more wild cards with what's going on. You're crazy to bet against Mark Lowry and El Paso Locomotive. Let's get that out of the way. Expansion team in 2019 um, who followed up the same results in 2020. Uh, people don't like their style. I respect it. It, is it Liverpool? Is it Real Madrid? Is it what? No, it's not. It, it's a different system. It slows <laughs> it down. But, you know, it takes Mark Lowry takes the methodical play of an old school 4-4-2 system and works it into a 4-2-3-1. They shift into a 4-3-3. They can go into a three back. He understands how to take the best players at his disposal and make it work for that unit. So I'm 100% picking El Paso Locomotive. Um Yeah, of course, I got to throw Phoenix in. Um, my dark horse in the West is going to be Colorado Springs. There's a couple of reasons for that. Brendan Burke is a, uh, a personal friend. I I consider him a good coach in general. I think prior to the retooling of what went on at Philadelphia Union, known as Bethlehem Seal, and it's going to stay like that with for me forever, uh, YSC Academy. I think he was fantastic. You know, he's produced the talents or helped produce, I should say, the talents of Austin Trusty and the big name in United States soccer right now that everybody's going to know is come on, Brendan Aronson. Um, I remember the first game that he played for him. I was on it. I talked about him. Um, fantastic performance against FC Cincinnati, but um, they brought in a couple of those players. They kept the core group. Jordan Burt's a good one. And then I think one that's probably going to maybe surprise everybody a little bit. Um, 
at least in my opinion, is um, I'm going to go with Sacramento Republic. I think a, a lot wow, of our there's a flyer. Are, well, hang on one second. My, my leader is San Diego. Let, let's get that out of the way. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Uh, San Diego, I think, wins the group. Um, Phoenix has a tight-knit group. I can't wait for Phoenix Rising fans to hear this and rip me apart. Don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> but, but to be honest, like, the they did in the offseason, they are the clear clubhouse favorite at this point in time. Uh, for me, Phoenix has... Let's say this without giving away some content this season. Phoenix have some issues. Defensively, go take a look at their chart and you can deal with that. Loneys or not, I don't care. I don't think they're good enough. Uh, San Diego Loyal is the clubhouse favorite. But I, I want to take a look at Sacramento Republic because I think that's a team that's going to be a dark horse. Um, they will they will slowly, uh, above Colorado Springs, I think it's a team no one's talking about. Mark Briggs and um, everything that he's been able to assemble What's going on with MLS? I think they're going to be a quiet favorite that slowly slips through. They get wins here and there. They make it into the playoffs and they make a run. Devin, I know you're pressed for time, so I'm going to give you one more toss up here <clears throat> because Louisville City fans are used to hearing you, you and Mike on the radio. I mean, on the TV a lot. So Sorry we're used that. to hearing your opinion. I know, right? We're used to hearing your opinion, though. It's always right out there and we appreciate it. We like that. It's kind of how we, we want it to be. You know, we're Muhammad Ali people. We like a little smack talk. So what does has what has to happen for Louisville City to have a successful run in the USL championship not much has changed for the team um a tough matchup against the Rowdies if we didn't if we score first in that match everything probably changes what what has to what has to change for us this year there's a couple things number one you got to start with home field advantage I don't think that early on and to be fair to the team and the organization Louisville has never been a fast starter so we have to understand that but it's got to change a little bit this year because if you look at, and I've got it right in front of me right now, you can see my eyes wandering a little bit. I don't care about Atlanta United twice in the first five games. Easy W's, throw it up on the board in theory. Um, years past dictate different results, but you have at home three games in a row, Birmingham, San Diego, Indy. Make a statement. Understand that this is your house, right? Because that's not how 2020 started. Now, I understand the pandemic and COVID, and I'm, I'm not taking anything away from that. It's still a home field advantage of sorts. You know, we, we still had some fans there. and We got to, we, Louisville have to find a way to really cement themselves in terms of home field advantage. Make opponents fear walking into this building. I've always referenced John Hackworth, and he says that this is a cathedral. Prove it. He's not wrong, by the way. It's a beautiful venue, especially within the USL championship. You walk into this thing. You know, I've, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be one of the lucky ones. that got the opportunity prior to just being completed to walk in and see what it looks like. You want to make your opponents fear that. You don't want to walk into the dressing room at all if you walk into Lynn Fanning Stadium. So get that out of the way. You also need to find a way to create as much chemistry as possible from guys that left that were so integral. And I don't disagree with Jeff whatsoever with what he said. However, Speedy Williams, like him or not, was important to the team. Tyler no Gibson, doubt, yeah. Yeah, Tyler Gibson, like him or not, was extremely important to Martin Rennie and his system. Right. That's not a plug-and-play move. They're very different players. Mm -hmm. But for Louisville and what they've done, you got to find a way immediately to make that transition. The fact that they've been in camp for so long bodes very well for them because their teams, mm -hmm. look, the Real Monarchs, a week ago, talking to them about MLS preseason and what was going on, yep. they had like six players at their camp. I mean, you're talking about the 2019 <laughs> oh, campus, literally six players. Now, 
take that for what it is. Guys are in preseason with the MLS team. Guys are injured. Guys aren't back. I don't give a shit. Six players. That's insane. And so when you have guys for a longer period of time, you're able to build that camaraderie. That's quality. So you take Tyler Gibson, you slide him in. Jimmy McLaughlin, wherever you want him to fit in, got to find a way to do it immediately. If I'm Louisville, I think this is the year to be successful that you go out and you assert your dominance right away. We get it. We understand that it's been slower in years past. That's their MO. No one cares anymore. And I mean that respectfully because this is when you look at the top two or three teams in the entire USL championship, East or West, every single person is going to say lucidity and for good reason. Don't give them a reason to doubt you. This is the year to be on the forefront of that conversation and be the number one team coming out of people's mouths. And the one thing that Devin that Devin mentioned that I think is is you can even expand a little bit more. Seven of the first nine are at home. So they've got this and there are a couple of tough ones in there. Obviously, as you mentioned, Devin, I mean, they've got a great chance to throw the gauntlet down. This is out of I don't want to hijack the podcast. This is pure New England. Uh, I'm from New England. What do you think of Hartford? You haven't mentioned Hartford. They, They were impressive last year. Do you buy another uh, replication of that season or or no? Okay. Yeah. Pretty quick. No there. No, you know why it's it. I was on the Hartford train last year. Here's the one thing that I can't say that Hartford athletic got wrong, Jeff. It's that to me, one of the most integral pieces that gave them success is gone. Roddy Jaiti. See you later. Uh, That's a hard nosed coach who you got to, you have to fall in line and walk a very fine step when it comes to a coach like that. I like coaches like that. I think he whipped those boys into shape. And you take that combined with the regionally based play, I think it set them up for the best success possible for sure. Um, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know enough about the coach is the problem, number one. Number two, in the offseason, what they've done doesn't move the needle for me. I hope I'm wrong. I truly do. I, I hope any single time, seriously, if I'm, on a, if I'm on a show, if I'm on a game and I say something and it, it comes back to haunt me, good. Put me in my place. Make me look <laughs> bad. You know, seriously, like be the better person, be the better team, be the better player and prove me wrong. That's what all, we all want anyway. We want great results and we want, we want controversy and we want you go, oh, you know what? He was wrong. We should have been better. Let's go kick his ass. That's what I would love to see from Hartford Athletic. But based upon the moves in the offseason so far, outside of a couple moves up top, Sebastian Elney, love that move. I, I, I don't see it. So um, one burning question I do have is um, about um, the coaches at every team in the USL. Um, have there anybody that you know leaps out in, into your mind about who's doing a great job, who any changes the teams have made in the coaching staff that really stand out? Just me or Jeff? All you, Devin. All you, Devin. <laughs> this is your expertise. Nah, Jeff, I'm happy to get out of the way, man. Um, <laughs> so are we talking new acquisitions or overall? Overall. Okay. Um, I'll do this as fast as possible, and then I'm going to get yelled at. So um, I'll start with these. I'm literally, so just for fans at home that know, I'm looking at the, the Eastern Conference standings right now. I'll go down. You're crazy to bet against Mike Anhauser. Much like Bob Lilly and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, he understands how to get done every single year. Anhauser for sure. Go, 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 go. Paul Dalgleish is a wild card. Like the people that he's assembled don't necessarily know if he's the right man for the job there. Pass, pass. Neil Collins. Uh, let me rephrase that. Neil Collins. It's yours to lose. Love Neil Collins. Love what he's done. Think he's acquired a quality identity. 
and put winning ways in there in his own style as well. Took over from a couple different coaches and what had been put in there, but he's good. I want to know what Martin Reddy's going to do. Uh, Tommy Sohn at Birmingham Legion done a really good job. Hack, love you. Cruise of Danny, we'll talk. Um, <laughs> 901 pass. John Pascarella, OKC pass. Michael Insian, he's the wild card for sure. Uh, Marcel Serrano, no. Um, Troy Lassane. This is a statement year for Troy Lassane in New Mexico United. They were the darlings of the USL Championship of 2019. They made the Open Cup run. 2020, things looked a little different. Things felt a little different. Um, I think they got away with some stuff, to be honest, because they've got some good players there. But if Troy Lassane wants to prove that he should be at the talking point of most people's conversations in the USL Championship, this is his year. Um, I could make the same argument for San Antonio FC, but I'm not going to because uh, I don't really want to. Uh, lost a lot of players. Uh, Galaxy 2, not fair. Vegas. Ugh. Pass. Oakland, pass. Orange County, pass. Rick Schantz, something to prove. Um, a lot of controversy within the squad last year. What does that look like now? Junior Fleming's your golden boot winner is gone. Without him, they probably don't win half of their games considering the way to play it out and how clutch he was. Solomon Asante needs to step back up again. Rufat Dadashov has to be better in the nine. Mark Briggs, I think Mark Briggs could be coach of the year. Truly believe that. Um, again, I, I mentioned earlier that it's like a step above Colorado Springs and the dark horse, but I feel like Mark Briggs is going to be that quiet assassin and San Diego loyal. The West is theirs to lose. Landon Donovan, the team that he's assembled, their supporting staff. There's no way, shape, or form this team doesn't get to the playoffs, and if they do, it's an absolute failure. Devin, thank you for your time. You've you've been incredible. I know uh, you took a little bit more time than you, what you probably should have. We really appreciate you. No, yeah, uh, right. Cheers. To you guys and the fans that I'm, I'm not allowed to stay longer. My apologies. Sorry. Cheers. We really uh, appreciate you. Cheers. Hopefully you never walk soon. alone. Never we'll walk one, alone. One right here. Jeff, I'm going to apologize to you. Sorry, buddy. Next time, uh, next time you can run me over. <laughs> you have way more knowledge about the league than I do. It's good. We'll talk. We'll talk Louisville next time. I love it, man. I, I love the content that you put out, man. And I, I love what you're doing, buddy. Keep doing Appreciate you. It. Um, you represent Louisville in a, in a great fashion. Honestly, um, it's a great, that. a great city, great culture. And um, don't leave these idiots over here that you're going to, you're going to have to deal with right now. I'll have you know, I resemble that remark. <laughs> well, you'll never walk alone cheers never walk <laughs> alone oh that was a lot of fun getting Devin on here so when uh, <clears throat> Lance actually made the introduction to uh, Jeff for me uh, I was asking him I guess maybe about six weeks ago would it be possible to get Jeff on the podcast just introduce him to some different people not that you didn't already know a lot of these people but kind of like into the integral rabbit holes right mm-hmm. that we like to go down and um, Devin's been a friend of this podcast and a friend of Scouse's house for two, three years. Uh, it's good to have him on. You know, him and the, Mike Watts are basically the voice of the USL. Mm-hmm. So really a cool opportunity. I'm sure you're going to have him on Soccer City Radio at some point. I know the last time I was on Soccer City Radio, uh, when Lance was hosting, and it was me and him and uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Kernan were on there. And all of a sudden, Lance is getting a call. And sure enough, it's Devin Kirk calling in. So he, <laughs> he appreciates and loves this culture that we have here in Louisville. Um and the thing I love about Devin is he just calls it like it is. And that's that's a lot more fun to listen to than some Pollyanna stuff. So, mm-hmm. Devin, I know you've already hung up, but we appreciate you, brother. And, yeah, I appreciate uh, you, Devin. All that you do. So, um, all right, let's crack on. 
So uh, how's life with um, Soccer City Radio, uh, Jeff? So far, so good. We, uh, we it's it's a smaller studio than I think they're uh, than they were previously used to. So it's been a little crowded. Uh, and adding Casey Whitfield, who really knows the game really well, uh, has been fun. Um, but we're off to a great start. We've got uh, uh, another good show lined up tomorrow. I can't remember um, who our guest is, which is the ultimate fail that I, I literally am blanking on who's coming on uh, as we're talking about it. But it's been great. Uh, Lintner has already sent me all of you guys uh, down the, the run of, of all the people we need to try to get on throughout the course of the season. So we're ticking, off, ticking them off one at a time. Um, but I love it. And, and, and I love, um, you know, I moved here in 2013 and, uh, I remember the 2014 world cup. I was just kind of itching to go find places to go watch matches. And I could start to sense then the passion that existed here. Uh, so to have the club and, and to kind of follow it from afar in my previous jobs where I couldn't really, you know, get involved as much in case I ever had to cover them. I had to kind of be like in the shadows, uh, to finally be able to do some play by play and, uh, 2018 and then get into it. It's been really fun to kind of grow and grow and grow. Uh, and then with racing Louisville starting, I mean, now I'm like, I'm like all in, you know, like Louisville city. I've been, I've been, um, following and paying a lot of attention to, and obviously I have to know a lot about them for play by play stuff and for color. Uh, and just to add that extra newness to it now, it's just really amped it up even more. So. So what were kind of your uh, let's let's jump over to racing for a second. Uh, this is a okay. great opportunity to transition to kind of what we saw the first time we saw our, our women's team here. Um, Scouts and I were down in the end. That's not covered. We're closest to the bar, <laughs> the largest outdoor bar in Kentucky, which is typically where you'll find us. Um, it was a bit wet outside, but not too wet to enjoy the game. We had rainbows. We had hail. Uh, I never moved from my position. At one time, my beer – so I'm standing there on a rail where I normally stand at the top, and I look over and my beer is flying down the side of the railing. <laughs> and there's not a lot left in it, but there was enough that you weren't going to, you know, pour it out. Uh, these gusts kept coming in. The rainbow would come up. It was quite the show. Uh, we saw pace. It's everything that we kind of hoped that we would think from a Christy Holly team, from everything we've been promised through the stuff they did at Sky Blue. And then we look down, we have six forwards plus a goalkeeper, um, Michelle Betos, who likes to score goals as well. So it had to be <laughs> end to end. And I think that's what we saw pretty quick. Yeah, it, it was it was awesome. I mean, it, it was fr from both the on-field product and also um, just being there. I mean, I almost fell down the first couple of rows uh, after the first goal from CC Kaiser. Like I was so, it was just, it like felt like the place was going to blow up. I mean, there was so much nervous energy and excitement as the players were walking out. Um, you know, the video board gets firing and I mean, it, and it felt like we were, we were in an area where we were okay from the rain until it seemed like they turned on a sprinkler in the sky and it just started rotating around and then we got soaked. Um, but yeah, I really liked watching them. I, I will say uh, I had been to the uh, friendly against uh, university of Louisville and, and I was surprised to see the way that they had lined up a couple of their players. Savannah McCaskill in particular is someone who has typically been uh, one of either in a four, two, three, one, one of the attacking midfielders or in a four, three, three kind of that inverted winger role. And to see her as more of an eight was kind of surprising to me. 
Um, but they've been raving about her fitness level all off season uh, and preseason. And, and she has really whipped herself into great shape. I think she's got her eye on a, a national team spot after the Olympics, once some of the retirements come and for good reason. I mean, she is an absolute bulldog um, in the midfield. And it was nice. I mean, I thought here I am thinking she's this tenacious attacking player, but she was tracking back and winning balls and, and spraying passes. And I mean, she was doing everything uh, from a deeper position than what I expected. Um, so it was kind of fun watching her arrive late uh, on some of those counter opportunities and either have an option to, to kind of look around and she can score. She has goals in her. Um, but also as a good passer, Emily Fox's first pass uh, on, the, on the first goal was yep. like, yeah, holy yeah, yeah. crap. I mean, that was like, that was incredible. Um, and I know you guys agree with us. I mean, just the fight at the end. I mean, to show the spirit to expend all of the energy that they expended to have all of the emotion poured into the walkout and in the first few minutes and just kind of that like caged up energy. I liken it to like the first day of a bachelor party. You've got to like pace yourself if it's a weekend or else you're <laughs> going to just blow it all out on the first night and not be able to recover. And um, I thought I was worried. They missed a couple of early opportunities. Yuki was in front of goal a couple of times and, and missed um, so for them to get the goal, I think was a big relief to let them kind of settle in a little bit more, uh, and then to show the fight to come back at the end. I mean, that's what Louisville is all about, right? Like all of our different yeah. sports teams here, the fan bases love people who fight. I mean, this is Muhammad Ali's city. This is the yeah. comeback city. This is a fighting city. So for them to scratch out the goal from a, a, a holding midfielder slash center back who never scores. I mean, it was just like a, the perfect way to end uh, what you truly know, was a perfect evening. And I think from our point of view um, down uh, where we were watching and down in the Scouser's house and um, we knew there was a goal coming. You know, we, we you felt that there was a, you could feel it deep down on your soles of your feet, even though they were soaking wet, you know, that uh, there was a goal coming. And um, just the intensity of the crowd when that ball went in, um, you you would have thought that it was 20,000 people in that stadium with the um, the noise that, that the crowd created when that goal went in. And um, you just got to love it, you know. And then the, the other nice thing that uh, came out of um, that night is we were standing down there and there's a bunch of the uh, Orlando Pride um, the supporters down there and we got to meet one of the players uh, family members that was yeah. actually standing right behind us and we we had a great old time so uh, sure. even though we were all wet we you know we didn't care because we had football <laughs> yeah the one thing that I would say also and I know that this has become such a cliche and everyone has said it for for months and months and months but to your point like at that moment, I'm thinking when this place has 15,000 people in it, mm. holy crap, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, there's going to be a wreck on 64. <laughs> <laughs> just a wall of sound just yeah. rolling through. Yeah, someone's going to be driving down there and you hear this wall of sound when a goal goes in and uh, they're going to wreck on the wall. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I was listening to uh, the Equalizer podcast, uh, which if you don't keep up with it, it's a great podcast with NWSL, great insight. We've had uh, Jeff Kasuf on here, uh, who's from the Equalizer, uh, on one of our original ones. Uh, actually, gosh, what was that, like two months ago? It was, it was before yeah. the draft, three months ago, yeah. Um, 
Wait a moment with uh, Lori Lindsay as well, kind of previewing oh, wow. it. <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, but the thing that they mentioned in, when I was listening to it, it said Challenge Cup uh, kind of recap uh, first round was the lights going off from the second goal. And they're like, it's almost like this European thing that you almost need to warn people. If you're not used to a lot of blinking lights, this is getting ready to happen. So the wreck on 64, if it doesn't happen from the sound, it might happen from just the explosion of lights going off there. It, it kind of looks like thunder over Louisville inside a little bowl there. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I you too. know, I used to be, um, I used to be a little bit more of a purist with stadium environments and arena environments. But the older I get, I mean, it's something different. The players love it. So if the players like it, then then why does anyone else care? I mean, they, if, love, if it. they love it. They yeah, and they. I mean, you could see the emotion, um, and, and you know, it's just. Like I always love um, going back and watching old great goals. Um, and of course there's the great uh, Steven Gerrard compilations of all these great goals. And, and to hear one of the announcers say, you could see how much it means to him. Like you, you like, I love when they say that. And that's how I felt watching racing on set. Like you could tell how much it meant to them to score that equalizer. Jeff. Yeah. You, I, please, especially when CC's goal went in, <laughs> you saw her, you saw the delight on her face when she scored the first goal you know, we were down at the other end of the pitch and we could mm -hmm. see the delight on her face as she scored that goal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Jeff, can you possibly do the goal call from Landon Donovan scoring against Algeria with the Spanish call? <laughs> <laughs> all, I, all I remember, it, it, because my Spanish, uh, my Spanish has gotten so bad, I used to be able to at least, you know, I could, I could order in a restaurant and, and I could hold court um, I went on a, a trip to El Salvador when I was in high school and I was kind of the second translator ahead of or behind the guy who was actually brought along to translate. Costa uh, Landon Donovan goal, Algeria. Yeah, yeah, but it was yeah, exactly. But it, it's so funny listening to it because all I remember is Andres Cantor saying, you know, just he's just like <laughs> losing it, you know, and it's mm -hmm. so funny. But a funny story about that goal, um, at the time, so that's 2010, at the time I was 24 and I worked at U.S. News and World Report in, in Washington, D.C. I was a very young journalist and um, I, for some reason, they gave me an office. I don't know why I had an office, but I had an office and I had this miniature TV and I did not work for a month. I watched every single match that was on television. <laughs> I didn't care if it was a far flung country from wherever. And it was clearly battling for third place in their group. I watched it every minute of it. And I thought I was going to get in trouble for watching team USA. And, um, Slowly but surely, I noticed that the office had gotten really quiet. And when Landon Donovan scored, it sounded like Lynn Family Stadium on Saturday night. Like Pete, <laughs> the whole office at this like prestigious, you know, magazine, news magazine in D.C. in the stuffy city. Everyone's wearing button button up clothes and everything. We lost it when he scored that goal. So um, it's a good memory that 2010 World Cup. Yes, it was. So, um, will you be here at the game on um, Saturday for the um, the, yeah, the warm up game that we're going to have? I'm planning to uh, I'm planning to stop by for it. Yes, that is part of okay. my uh, that is in my plans. Um, it's been so racing heavy the last couple of weeks. Just for I mean, it's been a blizzard of news 
uh, from them that I'd like to see uh, what this final uh, build-up friendly looks like before uh, before things get started. Okay. So um, what are you hoping out of this season? Oh, I mean – Championship. It's it's just like championship or bust. I mean, I, I feel like that's that's the the expectations and justifiably so. Um, from a broadcasting standpoint, I mean, I couldn't ask for a more entertaining team to follow because you know there's goals in them. They're gonna go. They're gonna go get after it. They're gonna press you. They're gonna repress. They're gonna do anything they can to get back in possession. Um, it, there's never this. I always joke uh, the old Simpsons um, making fun of uh, soccer back in the day where it was just the guys passing it back and forth between the two center backs. And that's the match for, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, this is fun. This is really fun to watch. Um, and, and like Devin said, I, I do want to see them get off to a better start this year. I, 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 I do I, too. You know, just come out blazing. Um, some of these guys, like I said earlier, Hack believes they're in pretty good form before the season starts. So if they're in good form, you would think they'd be able to hit the ground running. Um, I, I'm interested to see how Jogo does. I, I would think that he'll get more minutes. I realize, obviously, it's a log jam in his position, and he's behind a guy who's been at the club for a long time. Um, but I'm interested in him, some of the other young guys as well. Um, I've got this all written down here just from my notes. Again, I'm looking at this uh, from the Hackworth conversation. I do think Chris Hubbard is probably going to be the number one, by the way. Um, what makes you think that? Uh, Lindner told me he thinks he's probably going to be the number one. So that, that's my <laughs> that's my that's my source. Yeah, yeah but the thing is, the we, we, we don't call him Chris Hubbard anymore. His, his name is actually Diesel. Yep. Oh, Diesel. Okay. Yeah, Good his name is. Yeah, and if you've got any low down. If you've got any lowdown about um, any of the other the team nickname, we'd like to know because, uh, you know, we've affectionately called um, uh, Mr. Hubbard Diesel for the last, what, three seasons now? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And basically, um, the reason why he got called that was because um, when he was doing an away game, um, he took one of the uh, the vans that they were driving, whatever it was, and managed to put, instead of putting gasoline and he put diesel in it. So they call him Diesel. <laughs> that's a great nickname i like that that's good yeah. but chris hubbard we love you yeah we called you called you reason uh diesel for a reason and we, we still love you man we've always got you back <laughs> jeff i want to go back to you on something um we talked about this in the podcast i think it was about five or six i think it was, it was actually when danny cruz was on um last year was not truly like our stadium, right? Because it's our first year in the stadium and stadiums, you, you get used to sight lines and different things like, you know, what it looks like when you see certain sections and because you're looking in the air, you're doing all these different things, trying to orient yourself. You're not always looking down, right? If you're looking down, then you've lost the ball. What, what type of advantage do you think that Louisville City has now this year when you compare that going back to when we were back at Slugger and the Turf Monster, but we played in a really weird optical. It was almost like you're at Fenway and you've got the green monster and you knew how to play the monster. What, what do you see, you know, from watching the games and how Louisville will have an advantage this year versus last year really wasn't that big of an advantage just because we were playing at home. Yeah. I, well, I think COVID played a big factor in, in just feeling normal and mm -hmm. feeling like even home or away, just feeling like it was a normal environment. So I would think, especially in the second half of the season, cross your fingers, 
Uh, once we once we're able to get, you know, 10, 12, 15,000 people right. in there, I think that will definitely change uh, how it feels to play there. But early on, I, I do think like once you've been in a stadium and, and you're familiar with the confines of it, and I know Brad Estes pays so much attention to even the tiniest details from the neatness of the lines uh, at the 18, like in the area, like are they are they clean and straight for television? Uh, I know he was worried about the length of the grass before the racing Louisville match uh, the other night to just shorten it a little bit. So I, I think, you know, it, you would think that now you're a little bit more comfortable in it. Uh, you've played there. It's not anything uh, that you're kind of walking on in an awe of. This is your home now. Um, I know they've been using the dressing room um, and they're they're familiar with it. They've got racing Louisville there now. It feels like that probably had in their minds. They've been talking about it for so long. Now those players are here and using those facilities. So I, I feel like this year we'll start to notice a little bit more of that home field advantage again. Um, obviously, it's going to be different than Slugger because it was that narrow, just bizarre field. And depending on where you were, you you might need binoculars if you wanted to see what was going on. Right. Um, so I, I I just think reps reps make it feel more like home. Like we just moved into this house. I have nothing behind me on my wall because I, I literally just have a desk in our basement so far. Um, but I bet you in, in six months when we do this again or something like that, it'll feel a lot more like home for me. Uh, so I, I think that, I think that will be a big factor. And again, we talked about it earlier, seven of the first nine matches being home matches, some really good teams coming in. If you can put the gauntlet down early, then they're going to feel like, okay, this is our house. We are going to protect this turf and you are not coming here and beating us and getting or getting a point off us um, like some of those uh, annoying matches last year. Yeah, I agree, you know, because um, it, it's it's time to put a stamp on the um, um, the home um, field advantage, you know, because, um, you know, being a Liverpool fan, you know, we always grew up watching the teams coming out at Anfield and they've got to walk past that sign that says this is Anfield, mm -hmm. you know. It's scaring the crap out of them before they even walk on the pitch. So, um, and it, it's the same with with uh, a few of the other stadiums out there. You know, like Old Trafford. You know, the, mm -hmm. the people walk out on a pitch at Old Trafford and um, they're, they're scared to walk out there from the get go. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that I, I would really, really want uh, to see at uh, the Lynn Family Stadium. And you know, I'm going to take this opportunity to um, set the gauntlet, gauntlet down to every single fan in that stadium. You know, the team on the pitch need our support. And what we need to do is, as a whole, from the Coopers, the Scousers house, to any of the other um, supporters out there, get out there and let's make some noise. Let's scare the crap out of the teams that are coming into Lynn Family Stadium. Let them know whose house it is and let's know, uh, let them know that um, they're going to be in for a match if they walk out on that pitch. And to that point, so let's uh, touch on racing real quick before we wrap up here. Uh, so tomorrow night, we've got, uh, depending on when I get this podcast edited and dropped, uh, Thursday, we've got uh, Washington on the road, second round of the Challenge mm -hmm. Cup. Um, that game will be played behind closed doors. So there's really not a home field advantage other than just the pitch itself. Mm -hmm. um, Washington also lost in their first game. They lost to North Carolina, who um, Mike Watts, when he and he was on the show two weeks ago, he really thinks that, you know, they're kind of the cream of the cream for they, he kind of compared them 
to Louisville City and the USL the way that they've done things. They built the organization correctly. Jeff, what are you looking for? You know, in tomorrow night's match for for racing, anything stand out to you or areas that we can improve on? Yeah, well, and that's a great point. North Carolina, just to that point real quick, I mean, that is, they have built that thing up to the point where you see that on your schedule and you, it's it's like Louisville City. You, you're, you're prepared to know that that's going to be a really tough match. Um, Washington's a, an interesting club to me. Uh, life without Rose Lavelle, I know she was injured, but uh, a lot of the time that she was there, but when she's in your team, unless you're Manchester City for some reason, you build around her. She is so creative. She's so good with the ball at her feet. Her left um, foot's incredible. Yeah, I mean, just like, it, it's just, I mean, we, I could talk alone just about her foot skill for like a half hour, but um, so they're adjusting to a young roster without her uh, and trying to figure out what their focal point's going to be. Um, I think this is a great chance. I, I honestly thought uh, Saturday was going to be a challenge for Louisville, no pun intended, uh, for racing Louisville because uh, of the emotion and the, and the maybe the nervous energy that would come with it. Uh, but this game I had circled because I really felt mm. like this is a chance for them to get some points. Uh, I do think as long as Addison Merrick is out, um, it's going to be kind of a plug and play right. at center back. Um and I, you know, I think in the midfield, they, they found themselves caught out a little bit uh, at times, uh, which is how they conceded that uh, that's that go ahead goal. Uh, so maybe be a little bit more compact, but they also they want to get forward so quickly on those counters and they want Savannah McCaskill to get forward uh, and Lauren Malay. They want to get those bodies forward. You've got to try to balance that. So I, I think they're going to grow into the system a little bit more. Um, there's that famous saying, it's it plans are great until you get punched in the mouth. Right. And, and right. I think they got punched in the mouth and kind of learned a little bit how to grow through their system. Um, but the great part about it is they had such a long preseason that they're so well drilled in this. Emily Fox has been around now for a while. She's plugged in uh, as well. So I just, I just want to see them tidy up a little bit in the midfield um in the defensive third and the counter stuff is great i mean i think they'll be able to get a couple of goals um tomorrow it's just a matter of can you protect the lead if you've got one um and and you don't end up having to chase the game a little bit yeah and so kelly o'hara and both emily sonnet of the u.s women's national team has also gone on international duties so maybe catch them into just the right spot as well yes yeah i saw their uh, i saw their instagram post today it looked like they were still traveling so uh, i would imagine they will not be available uh tomorrow night um <laughs> but man that, that i gotta say and i know i i probably uh have annoyed people on soccer city and and on the local espn louisville shows I like I can't get over how exciting it is. I having racing and obviously I'm I'm pulling for them first and foremost and they've got some really good players who I think really just needed a chance to play somewhere. Michelle Bados is a great uh, great example of that uh, to truly be told, "Hey, you're the starter." But just mentioning some of those names, the fact that those players are coming to Lynn Family Stadium to play matches is super cool. Like, I mean, that's just, that's something that we've it's not crazy. experienced before. I mean, to think about Crystal Dunn and Lynn Williams and some of these players who are going to be coming in, I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, and North Carolina coming in in a couple of weeks has this crazy roster. So it's just really fun. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing all these matches play out. So do you have a, um, a prediction for tomorrow night's match? Yeah, uh, give me uh, give me racing. Uh, I will say they win three two. 
3-2. Kenny. That was the same one I was going to say. I'll take it. 3-2. 3-2. Nice. I'm going to go with another tie, unfortunately. I'm going to uh, go with Elisa. Um, probably another 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> You know, because um, I know the, um, that racing is new to the to the, the league and they're still trying to find their feet. And, um, you know, I think they're going to be competitive, but um, I think it, the, the game has probably got a draw written all over it. Okay. Okay. So, um, Kenny, what have you got? You got anything new? No, I, I think that's about it. Uh, we're hoping to get the uh, PayPal situation <laughs> sorted out. On yeah, yeah. Side. But, yeah, uh, that's... Uh, you so, see, I've got no hair left after dealing with PayPal. Oh my gosh! So anyway, so we'll <laughs> yeah. we'll get our, we'll get your membership soon. I know we've got a lot of messages and emails, and we love you guys for doing that. We'll get all yeah. your we'll get your ten dollars one person at a time soon. It's just been an issue with PayPal. Just a, a couple of things that we need to go through too is um, like we said at the beginning of the podcast. Tomorrow is uh, April the fifteenth, and it's a sad day for me because um, it is uh, the anniversary of Hillsborough, and um, you know it's. Uh, I, I just can't uh, go past the day without remembering the 96 that lost their lives at um, Hillsborough. Um, then um, going on to is um, the um, the link to um, the three hotels right here that I work at in uh, Louisville should be up and running. And if anybody is listening to this podcast that um, is coming out of town to uh, watch any games at Louisville City or racing Louisville at Lynn Family Stadium or even at the um, the Lynn Stadium over at UVL. Um, you let us know that you are a, um, a passionate soccer supporter and you will uh, get a uh, discounted um, rate out of the, um, the Crown Plaza over by the airport. The, the, um, we have the, the Galt House downtown and also the Embassy Suites in downtown, which are just a few blocks away from um, the stadium. Huge deal. Scouts yeah. are all you. It's a huge deal. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. So, um, the, uh, um, and one other thing that's really important to me is, um, and I've been tweeting out and hitting uh, Facebook for the last uh, week or so, is, uh, you know, it's Autism Awareness Month in April. And I just reach out to everybody to, to um, Give somebody with autism a, a chance and some a little bit of understanding, and you'll be surprised at what they can do for you. One hundred percent agree. And so um, I put this out on Twitter, and I sent this to both you and Coach Hack uh, about two weeks ago. Logan's Roadhouse, it's here. I know the one that's near me in J Town. They have a thing where you can buy a coupon. My wife and I actually went there last night, where it was buy one entree, get another entree free for a small donation to Autism Awareness Month. And everybody, all the servers had the Autism Awareness Month with a little puzzle piece on there. So good job to Logan's. Yeah, uh, yeah well, so, so Logan's uh, Steakhouse for that. And uh, it's much appreciated. Yeah. Um, and I have to say one thing I'm really proud of as far as uh, the things that Kentucky and Toyota dealers are doing. I know this is near to Jeff's heart because it's part of the Soccer City Radio who supports them. It was really nice to be able to send out a tweet from Oxmoor Toyota um, and put it on Facebook as well to now be both a part of Racing Louisville and Louisville City FC as cornerstone partners. Really a cool, fun thing to be watched growing. And uh, we actually had uh, somebody come in the store today. I know as I was going to do some different things and one of the salespeople said the reason that they were here is because of a Sienna van that they saw down there. So if you get a chance to support us, that's great. If it doesn't fit in your plans, that's quite all right. But we do support the teams that everybody that listens to this loves. Um, Jeff, mm -hmm. Thoughts on Soccer City Radio, what's coming up, and then uh, we'll call it a night. Well, you know, you know, the thing that, that gets me about Soccer City Radio is that tomorrow you come on at 6 o'clock, right? Isn't that correct? It's feeding uh, right in. So uh, hang on a minute. 
so you guys start at six o'clock and the game starts at seven o'clock. You see where I'm going with this? Are you guys going to get around a TV at the radio station or what, how are you going to do that? <laughs> We've got to discuss the plan because our producer, Jason Entz, is in, I think he's in Florida. Uh, we've got Lee, uh, Lee Nevis. I, I always am worried I'm going to mispronounce her last name because that's how it should be pronounced. Be- yeah, Beavis. She, she told yeah. us it's Beavis. Nevis. Okay, good. Nevis. Uh, she was on my uh, rec, uh, co-ed soccer team for a couple years running. So I just nice. always call her Lee. Um, so we have a bunch of us coming. So we're going to develop a plan. I'll report back to you guys on what we're going to do because I know. Uh, well, I haven't decided yet where I'm going right? to watch it. The Hogfather has a has a watch party, I think. Um, okay. So that's that's a possibility. Um, but I also um, I may have to come home and keep working on the house and have it on in the television uh, right in front of me while I'm painting because we're still working on the house. <laughs> and my parents my parents are actually coming to town uh, for Atlanta United too, and and they'll be here oh, for nice. uh, for North Carolina Courage too. So I've already got all the tickets. Uh, set up and and we're planning on uh, we're planning I'll on being there. Down and say hi to us at Scouse's house. There you go. I will do that. Yeah, and I I even got um, some new flags that I purchased over the last couple of days um, because we have um, and now we've got a, a we've got a Japanese flag right yep. now that um, awesome. I've never bought before. <laughs> so um, and the reason why we got all those flags up there is to celebrate the diversity in both of the teams. So uh, beautiful, you know. Um, we got a few more extra flags to put out there, but um, you know, looking forward to it. Love it, Jeff. Thank you for jumping on here. We love the work that you're thank doing you, Jeff. And, and the work that you're putting into Soccer City Radio. Uh, I know how excited Casey and Lance are to have you kind of run that ship with Jason. So. I know you take a lot of time putting it. We know the work you do when we hear you talking to Devin, who is incredible on ESPN. You can fall right back in with him and, and talk the same stuff. So keep up the great work. Uh, it's much needed. And we love that you're doing it on Thursday nights. And uh, we hope to see you soon. Yeah. And if awesome. you ever come out to watch a, uh, want to come out and watch a Liverpool game with us, we'll uh, meet you down in Molly's and uh, we'll buy you a pint of Guinness. I love it. All right. Uh, you can count me in. I appreciate that. I'm honored that you guys included me, and I really appreciate the kind words. It's very nice. Thank you. Yeah, have a good night. Cheers. Good night. Cheers. Bye.